Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Your host is Michelle Beck. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, thrivers, their friends, and family by providing resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here is your host, Michelle Beck. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I am Michelle Beck. This is Breast Friends Cancer Support Network, and I'm so excited to be here today. It is the first show that we're having during October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, as all of you listeners know, and it can provide a lot of emotions for people, some good, some bad. And all I know is that I'm here to support you in this time and give you inspiration and hope. And today we're going to have a lot of education, which is great. So I'm so excited to have my guest here today, Carol Laurie. She's a dedicated practitioner with over three decades of clinical experience. She's a naturopath, acupuncturist, and homeopath, helping thousands of women who recover their health, happiness, and restore their life through holistic strategies involving nurturing nutrition, supplements that really work. And I need some help on this because when we chatted a while ago, I was totally off on what I should be taking and she's going to set me straight. And lifestyle changes that are really healthy and not too hard to do, and also how to recover from trauma. Carol specializes in complex and chronic disease management, focusing on breast cancer and autoimmune illnesses. And there's a couple statements on her, her website and her information that really made an impact on me. And the first one is, recover your health and restore your life by rewriting your cancer story. And the first time I read that, it gave me chills because I was like, oh, that it just encompasses so much in that one sentence. And the other one was when the body and mind work together, healing is always possible. And I don't know about you, but I really just want to put both of those on a sign and put them above my desk. So I see them and they're going to be part of my daily mantras. That's beautiful. So, and Carol, let's give a listeners, let's give a little extra support to Carol today because she is sponsoring this episode in helping breast friends to ensure that no one goes through cancer alone. So listeners, when we're done, make sure you go to empowermentagainstrecurrence.com to find out more about Carol and her programs. So Carol, after that lengthy intro, welcome so much and thanks for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. And it's empowered against oh, recurrence. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I don't want women to get lost. Trying to find me with the right URL and also being with your community and trying to find their path through breast cancer, which is not easy. Definitely and not. That's my, one of the aspects of my mission is to help women really bring it home as far as you've been through medical oncology treatment, which is necessary and important and vital. But having accompanied my friend through 18 months of her breast cancer journey, I was afforded an up close and personal experience of what was great and what was lacking. Now, how did you get started? I mean, I, I give a very short synopsis, but kind of expand a little bit on what you do overall in your practice, if you don't mind. Well, no, I love that. Um, I've always been interested in healing and health, even since I was little. So when I discovered the National College of Naturopathic Medicine right in your wheelhouse in Portland, Oregon, I had been planning on going to regular medical school. But as soon as I found that uh, catalog, I realized I had found my path. That was a long time ago. 
a very long time ago. And um, when I lived in Portland, you could buy a house for $26,000. <laughs> like I said, you can't even buy a car for that anymore. anymore. And the waterfront was like a bad neighborhood that nobody wanted to go to. So um, Portland is a wonderful city. I love it. So uh, <clears throat> as studying as a naturopathic doctor, it's like there is so much healing that the body can do when it has the right environment. And the creation of cancer or any disease, whether it's autoimmune or colitis or Crohn's or emotional stress or insomnia, migraine headaches, infertility, all of these illnesses have as the foundation inflammatory processes. And you're unhappy in your, in your mind, in your body, and that energy contributes to the creation of illness. So by the time a woman has been diagnosed with breast cancer, it didn't like that lump didn't just pop up in a week. It took many unhealthy metabolic processes to create, it takes many unhealthy metabolic processes to create a disease and illness. So you get diagnosed and then you go through medical treatment, some combination of surgery, chemo and radiation. And, and this is what I went through with my friend. Um, what about how do we help the body and the person? Um, decrease the side effects of treatment. What about that? How do we prepare for chemotherapy? I mean, if you eat a steak today and go into the chemotherapy tomorrow, you will be sick. Um, is there a way to prepare for chemotherapy that protects the healthy cells, but encourages the cancer cells to uptake more of the chemo? So this, I already had a medical foundation, but then I really began to study in earnest <clears throat> what makes cancer and how do we support the body going through treatment? And then how do we provide care after treatment is over to really get the cancer to say, you know, I don't like it here. This is not a, this is not a good environment for, environment for me. I'm not able to grow. That's called addressing the tumor microenvironment. The cancers are very tricky. Not only do they like their little area, but they then think they can take over the neighborhood. They call next door, they call across the street, they call five towns over. That's called cell signaling and you end up with metastasis or spreading of cancer. You can reduce the cancer's ability to do that by altering the tumor microenvironment. And you do that by changing how you eat. You wanna have a basic diet, not acidic. You want to take certain supplements that are made to pharmaceutical quality standards, not from that you buy from Costco or Trader Joe's or CVS. Those are not real supplements that you need at the quality that you need. You need to really incorporate certain aspects in a healthy lifestyle that work for you so that you don't feel overwhelmed and resentful. So you're not in your mind thinking about, oh, I have to do this. I hate this. I don't want to do this because anytime you hate something, you're not going to do it. That's part of being an adult, right? <laughs> so, um, and this, we layer these, we layer these, I call these the five steps of breast cancer empowerment. We layer these into your life gradually. Now, how did you, so you went to become a naturopath and you changed your, your trajectory. How did, was it your friend's diagnosis who really caused you to start to focus on breast cancer or did you start that earlier? Well, in my clinical practice, I was always like 99% always working with women. So I've always been a woman's doctor. I want to help women 
elevate their health and their life. And that's my interest in my draw. And <clears throat> then when she was diagnosed, I, that's when all of a sudden, well, her oncologist was so impressed. I remember the time we were at UCSF and she looked up um, at the blood work and then looked at us and we got scared. We thought maybe there was a problem. And she said, well, what are you doing? And I went through some of the stuff that I was doing. And she said, well, I want all my patients to be doing this because your blood work's fantastic. She didn't have anemia. Her neutrophil lymphocyte ratio was really good. Her mindset was good. She was sailing. I know this sounds really weird, but she was sailing through chemo because we were like on a mission. Mm -hmm. We went in there. She had been intermittent fasting. We had our teas. And this, this I'll never forget the first time uh, I was at UCSF. We go in and the nurse says, well, you look a little thin. Would you like some Ensure? Now, Ensure, for those of you who know this, the number one ingredient is glucose. So here she is about to take chemotherapy and they're giving her cancer, uh, cancer cells sugar. Sugar, which and cancer they love. Cells, <laughs> cancer cells, like between the choice between oxygen for its gas tank and sugar, it chooses sugar. That's known as the Warburg effect. And that was discovered by a German scientist in 1918. He won the Nobel Peace Prize medicine for this. So this is the beginning of cancer as a metabolic disease. And that gives the woman an enormous amount of power over, is she going to feed her cancer or is she going to starve her cancer? So after the insure, we then had a popsicle, we had a um, hard candy, and we had an offer of a cookie or a cupcake at the end. So I'm like thinking, oh my goodness, these people, it's like, so I went over to the head nurse and I said really politely, I said, have you heard of the fact that cancer loves sugar and you're feeding these women? And she goes, oh, this is hospital policy. This is the way we do it here. Okay, that's not our path. So that was the very beginning of realizing that there is a very big disconnect in medical oncology with all due respect mm -hmm. between, you know, what feeds cancer and what starves cancer and giving women the power to really impact the trajectory of treatment and also risk reducing risk of recurrence. Definitely. And you're obviously all about that because it's empowered against recurrence, which I so appreciate because I've been diagnosed twice and it wasn't a recurrence. I've had two primaries in, in each breast or one primary in each breast, but I'm always in fear of recurrence, especially, you know, uh, my body tends to like cancer apparently. So putting all of these practices in place, the, the five steps that you we're going to talk more about is so important, but I kind of want to start out with I know we've dug into a few different things, but trauma is so challenging in our lives. And there is a really strong relationship between trauma and cancer, both before and after. And why do, why do you think we don't talk about that enough? Well, we don't talk about that enough in our society in general. And the society's experience of women and trauma or upsetting experience is we see this by commercials on television. That, and there's two commercials that drive me crazy. One is like sort of a cartoon. It's a section of a house and the house is quote unquote a mess. What does that mean? There's dishes in the sink, there's toys on the floor and the beds are unmade. Now, when my child was little, that was my house and I wasn't depressed. But in this ad, the, the woman's sitting there and she looks depressed, the house is a mess. And I'm thinking, why is this the woman's job to keep the house uh, quote unquote together? Where are the other people in the house? But she's depressed, she takes an antidepressant, and the next thing you know, the house is all spick and 
fan and she's smiling and playing with her child. That's an infuriating commercial as a feminist or even as a woman who is empowered herself. I mean, that is not good messaging for women. No, as, as a person, it should be upsetting. It's unfortunately societal norms, which has put on that women are supposed to take care of everything in the house and it's no one else's responsibility. Yeah, makes me on fire. <laughs> oh, good. Two of us. So the second commercial is the woman is depressed and sitting there and then she takes an antidepressant and she's outside feeding her family a picnic lunch. And I'm looking at this thinking, why isn't she sitting down and her spouse feeding the family a picnic lunch? And, you know, what happened to make her not feel well beforehand? So as part of my intake in my program, we talk about trauma and there, you can't be an older person and not have had trauma in your life. Or one woman started getting very upset. Well, I haven't had any trauma. I said, okay, let's change the word trauma to upsetting experiences. Have you had any of those? Oh, yes, quite a few. <laughs> so if you, trauma is not a word that resonates with you, have you had any upsetting experiences and then women, women have said, well, yeah, but this happened 25 years ago. That can't be important. Now I go, well, actually it is. So what happens when we have an upsetting or traumatic experience that we can't emotionally process in the moment is we take a breath and then the energy of that upset goes into our cells. Not only that, but in our mind, we then begin to try to process and reformulate how we think about life based on that upsetting or traumatic experience. So that energy is carried forward. And 25 years later, you can, um, you have toxic overload, you have a horrible, stressful job. Women tell me their breast cancer stories and I'd say the majority of them are in impossible situations where they are, uh, have to, they've chosen to be heroics in their life. You know, going to work every day where there's a boss who's sadistic and mean and, you know, verbally abusive, and they don't know how to report that person or they're afraid to because they'll lose their job. Or having to care for their son at home who's 20, who's autistic. So, and they're not feeling well. So, or elderly parents. I mean, when you hear the stories of what women endure, you're not, I'm not surprised that they have some disease because it's their mind and their body telling them that um, you're, it's too much. You know, you're doing the jobs of 15 people and how do you get to stop? So recovering from trauma is a lifelong journey and it's a decision. It's not always comfortable. And you do a little bit, you put your little toe in that water you get a little bit of information, you step back out, you deal with that, and then you go back and you do it again. It's it's not a one-time, oh, I'm going to get over my trauma today between four and five o'clock. It doesn't work like that. It's, you know, it takes a long time and you need to trust your psyche. Your psyche will help you discover what the issues are in, in serving sizes that you can tolerate. Definitely. And one thing we talk about as well on the show all the time is to be your own advocate in terms of your treatment and your recovery, because you need to be doing what feels right for you. 
which is so it was really important to me and many of the women that I I speak with, but we are going to take a break. And then when we come back, we are really going to dig into the tenets of your program and how you help women move forward in a holistic, healthy way. So listeners, please do stay with us. If you need our programs, please go to breastfriends.org and check out patient programs. You can donate on our website or by texting BF radio to 41444 to help breast friends continue on its mission that no one goes through cancer alone. Please stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444. Or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. We're on the pulse of the world with great shows and hosts. The Voice America Health and Wellness Channel is also on Twitter. We've got ideas to keep you healthy, breaking health news, and more. Follow us on Twitter at Voice AM Health. That's at Voice AM Health. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. I'm Michelle Beck. My guest is Carol Laurie, sponsoring our episode. So please make sure to go to empoweredagainstrecurrence.com and check out all of her programs. And we're going to continue talking about them. So Carol, what do you think is, what makes breast cancer so difficult and disruptive in a woman's life that we really need programs like yours to get through it? Well, one of the things I looked at when I was creating my program is I had, I asked women to write down every single thing they do in a day. (laughs) You're laughing because you already know the answer before, you know, if you have young children before you're even, they're even out of the house, there's like 35 things on that list between six 30 and eight o'clock. And then there's, if you're working out of the home or in the home, there's another 80 things. So, 
there's 150 little things. Every little thing counts, right? That a woman does to keep her professional career and her home career together. And so what, who's going to do all those things when a woman is like not feeling well, mm-hmm. you know, who's going to feed the kids and is, is your spouse an engaged spouse who's going to step in and be able to take over whether that spouse is a man or a woman? Uh, is there a partnership there where that person is aware of what's running the house? Because too often they're not. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the beginning of, okay, where do we need to go from here? How do we get community involved and can you ask your friends, you need to really reach out to your friends and coordinate and you need an Excel spreadsheet or a Google sheet and who's going to do all of that when you're not feeling well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the rest of the question I got? <laughs> that's okay. Things. Just why breast cancer is so disruptive and difficult. Well, that's part of it, mm-hmm. right? Um, a You know, our, our lives are tenuous. You don't realize that something can happen and grab us from the trajectory of what we thought our morning was going to be like or our afternoon. And when you either, depending on how you're diagnosed, are you feeling a lump yourself in the shower or on a self-breast exam? Have you gone in for your normal annual mammogram and then been told, oh, you need to come back, there's something suspicious? Um, or is your doctor doing uh, at the gynecology doing an exam and say, you know, this doesn't feel right. Let's send you for a mammogram. So from that moment on, how you thought your life was going to be, uh, is sort of ripped away from you. That's words that women have said to me, you know, my life was ripped away when I got this diagnosis, or it feels like somebody threw the puzzles of my life up in the middle of the air. And now they're all around me and I don't even know how to put the pieces back together. So it's, and it's not like you had an appendix problem and you go in and you have surgery and four days later, you're fine. There's, it's, you know, it's arduous journey. It's when I was with my friend for every treatment, it took 18 months. Mm -hmm. The average is a year to two of active Mm -hmm. treatment for women. And during that time where you're in active treatment, it's really as someone who's gone through it, it's not even possible to try to figure out how to put your life back together because all you're trying to do at that point is survive and get through treatment. And so once you come out, there is a sense of loss your, your oncology team does what they're supposed to do. They get the cancer out of your body or in a hopefully controllable manner if you're metastatic, but then you get into the survivorship. And I think that's where your programs really do come in. You're empowering women by giving them good bits of, of information. So let's kind of dig into those steps, the, the five practices. Um, let's, can you summarize them and then we'll dig in deep? Sure. Well, let's talk about the moment you've rung the bell. Let's sure. go back yep. a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. there is that ritual. You ring the bell. Uh, they go, yay, team, you're given a um, diploma and you feel horrible. And you don't feel well because you've had this intense journey. And then your family thinks, oh, she's done treatment. She's going to go back to normal. And if you're working out of the house, your boss goes, well, now that you've done treatment, you're finished with treatment, you know, I gave you a lighter load, but now I'm expecting you to not only have the regular load, but regular load plus, and you are not recovered. <laughs> you are feeling exhausted. You still have these impact and effect of radiation. Radiation impact doesn't stop when you stop going to radiation. 
And then one woman said to me that I know this sounds weird, but I actually liked going to radiation every day because it made me feel like I was doing something. And then I rang the bell and I feel like my oncologist fell off the face of the earth. So there's support that you get when you're in active treatment and that disappears. And then the anxiety sets in and your friends say to you, how are you doing? And you go, you know, I'm like anxious all the time and they're well-meaning and they go, oh, don't worry, you'll be fine. So you need a little bit more than the, oh, don't worry, you'll be fine. And that's how between this whole package that I just described and what I witnessed my friend go through, that's how the five steps of breast cancer empowerment was um, <clears throat> created. And then I recently added a six, six step or a six bonus work, special workshop um, due to the side effects of the tamoxifen and aromatase mm -hmm. inhibitors, which are very intense. Yes. So the five steps, we always start with nutrition. Nutrition is the foundation of every illness, of recovering your health from any illness. And the standard American diet literally quadruples the cancer rate. So that's that has got to go. The second step is supplements. There is so much misinformation about supplements out there. And there's something about breast cancer where, you know, women, we're very smart, we're very motivated. You go on Dr. Google and the next thing you know, and then you go online and you have spent hundreds of dollars ordering all these supplements. And when I go work with somebody individually or in my group, I have them bring the bottles and I look at the companies and I go, nope, 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 nope. I mean, it takes a lot to know which companies make their supplements to pharmaceutical quality standards, which means they're third party tested. All the ingredients are organic. I mean, we need, that's not so simple. Um, the third step is <clears throat> recovering the from the trauma of cancer. So even under the best of circumstances, it's traumatic. Your life has changed. You're changed. Your body has changed. Mm -hmm. so, you know, you lose your hair, but it comes back. I've, I had a woman in my group and every week she would show up with a different wig. I never knew what she would look like. It was very <laughs> sweet, which is great. That's how she handled it. Other mm -hmm. women don't want to be on Zoom because they're, they're losing their hair in the treatment or they've lost their hair and they don't want their face to be seen. So everybody's different. Some people wear scarves. Hair comes back. But, you know, if you've had um, body altering, altering surgery, mm -hmm. um, your body has changed. If you've had a mastectomy and chosen not to do reconstruction, your body has changed. That brings into the conversation, how do you recover intimacy after breast oh, cancer? Yes. And for me, I didn't go through chemo either time. I was very lucky, caught early. But first time I had a lumpectomy, which changed my breasts. Mm -hmm. And then the second time around, I had a bilateral mastectomy with reconstruction. And yes, I do have reconstructed breasts now, but they're different. And I don't have feeling in them. And I also had a full hysterectomy. So there's a lot that went on in my body that I needed to come to grips with that I'm still me, even though I no longer have the natural parts that society identifies as a woman. So there's so much that goes into this. Mm -hmm. And for most women, um, their partners have no clue how to talk to them about this. So there's this big elephant in the room, which everybody's trying to step around and <laughs> no and and, you know, being intimate is about communication. Mm -hmm. And then you're placed on hormonal therapy, tamoxifen aromatase inhibitors, and you're put into speedy menopause. And it's like, 
that is a whole nother conversation that um, don't touch me. I have to sleep in the other room. I'm, you know, with the windows open, I'm sweating all the time. I mean, it's, it's a speedy menopause is really difficult, not yes. to mention the risk of osteoporosis. And you're put on these medications, which have pretty intense potential side effects. So the fourth week is about monitoring um, your health with advanced testing. I am always disappointed when a woman, you know, she goes for her quarterly or annual, biannual visit with the oncologist and all they do is the CBC, maybe, and a comprehensive metabolic panel. It's like not even, I've, I've said, gone to the woman and said, well, ask the doctor if he'll do a zinc or look at your blood sugar levels or um, check your vitamin D levels. And they go, oh, no, that's not, we're not doing that. That's not necessary. So when you like have a problem with your car and you lift up the hood, you need to do a whole diagnostic. You don't want to just look at the top right part of the underneath the car. <clears throat> What's driving your cancer? Is it copper? How do we know if you have elevated copper, that's going to drive your cancer? Cancer promotes angiogenesis, which is formation of new blood vessels. If we don't know that you have elevated copper. We can't like fix it. So if we don't know that you have insulin resistance or your hemoglobin A1C is 6.4, how, you know, that's like giving sugar to the cancer cells. You're, you know, you're feeding those, that gas tank all the time. Even if you're eating healthy, you're going to have a problem. So we need to like educate you so you can then go to your doctor and say, you know, this is my body and I do, this is a relevant test and there's nothing touchy-feely about any of this. If you have a metastasis, if you have a second recurrence, you are medically eligible for a neogenomics test or a carous molecular intelligence test. If you don't know about that, most doctors rarely do oncologists order these tests. I've never heard of those tests and I've, and I love my oncology team and they do do regular blood tests. And I know they do the, the metabolic and the, um, I get my D tested all the time, which is especially important living in here Portland. in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. yes. <laughs> With the lack of sun, which I appreciate because I'm in hot flash hell all the time due to the medications. Um, but no, it's, we need to be educated because like you said, I've never heard of those tests. I've been in the breast cancer community for 10 years. And it's, we just need to be educated more. So what is the fifth step? Uh, the fifth step is creating a joyful and healthy lifestyle. Yes. So important. And it's very important because, and in there is mindset. And mindset, I think, is important for all of us. You need to be able to figure out how to stay at the top of the wave, and life tends to throw stuff at you. And the next thing you know, you're under the water. And when you're on top of the wave, you're able to do a whole lot and accomplish a lot. And you feel good about yourself and your life. If you're under that water, everything is a chore. You're not, you think that you're a failure and you're not doing it right and you can't do enough. And that is a very difficult place to be. And the key about staying on top of the wave is having the support of community. I think community is critical and it's, it's the right type of support. Everybody understands that, you know, this takes work. To Definitely. create a new habit takes a hundred days. When you decide to change what you're eating for breakfast, you, um, 
you know, you get up, you, it's like you're on autopilot. You just do whatever you did for breakfast. Now you're changing what you're eating for breakfast. You have to think about it. You have to pick yourself up and take yourself over to a new path that takes energy. It's uncomfortable. You get resentful. Oh, why is she making me eat this stuff? I don't, I want to eat my hot cereal and toast for breakfast, for God's sake. I'm not making you. You are choosing. Yes. Right. It, and it is, it is challenging. Like for me, my biggest issue is carbs and yeah. carbs turn into sugar. And I, believe me, I love that piece of sourdough toast in the morning. But when we're done here, I'm actually going down to make a frittata with Perfect. actually healthy stuff in it. With I bought all this spinach and the vegetables and throwing everything in the kitchen in there. So I have it ready to eat for the next week. <laughs> Let's talk about spinach. Spinach is not healthy. What? Okay. That I did. Okay. Tell me why. Spinach has oxalates in it. Okay. Oxalates are inflammatory. Oxalates also bind to calcium, so they impact the health of your bones. You don't want to be eating spinach. Everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to throw spinach in my smoothie. Yeah. I mean, you can have spinach once or twice a month, but you don't want to be eating spinach every day. See, these are the things that we don't know. Of course. And thank you for sharing that. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to have How to change my frittata. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that out the kale. window. Kale or chard are really good substitutes for spinach. But yeah, you don't, I mean, why would you know that? That this is, it's like, I don't know how to fix a car. I take it someplace, right? <laughs> that makes sense. Now, your program, you, you've, you've mentioned the different topics and how does that actually work if someone wanted to come and be um, a, a, pay, a client of yours? And it, well, really the, um, what we like is that they watch my free uh, webinar or class on the mm -hmm. internet. And then during that, I put up a link to come and join a group, book a call where women get to talk with me about their breast cancer journey. There's no more than six women in there and share a little bit about where they are. And then I tell more about my program. And as part of that, I offer ways to do the program, plus have some private time, private consultation time with me. And we talk all about that. And then we talk about when is the next group starting. And the groups, you know, they're going to have between 25 and 50 women we meet at the same time for six weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And then there's the private members only Facebook group that I'm in all the time and women get to post their questions there and be part of the community there. And there's emails that women get from me with education, educational components. Now, there's two parts to the program. There's the live coaching, but then I spent a year researching and writing mm -hmm. um, well, it used to be called the path of breast cancer, but now it's called empowered against recurrence. And this, there's six modules in there that match the six weeks of teaching. And so you get the vault. I call it the vault. Mm -hmm. It's there for you 24 seven. There's wonderful meditations in there. There's educational articles, just like we talked about. You didn't know that you shouldn't be eating spinach. So there's articles about every aspect of the week of nutrition, the week of supplements, the week of monitoring your health with blood work, the week, the week of trauma, there's, it's, it's, and I had a woman say to me, you know, I was having a really bad morning. I listened to the meditation in week number one, it totally changed how I felt. That That's a beautiful thing. I mean, you, you know, and when you're in that rut and when you're underneath the water, when you're in a complex is a union term, it's really hard to get out by yourself. So if you know that, oh, I'm having a bad day, I better go listen to that meditation tape. It's so important to actually, 
to take the time. I know so many women who, after I've gone through this, who actually start every morning with a meditation, whether it's five minutes or 20 minutes, just to take the time to set themselves and to figure out their intentions for the day and to just be at peace before you start the day. Because if you jump out of bed and you're like, oh gosh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And the 85 things to do before my son gets out of, out of the house, I'm like already like spun up and you don't come down from it. Exactly. Exactly. Perfect. Well, we do need to take another break, but we have so much more to talk about when we come back. So listeners, please stay with us. If you would like to be my guest or share your warrior story with me to read on the show, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org and make sure you write down empoweredagainstrecurrence.com. Stay with us. We'll be back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to continue our mission that no woman goes through cancer alone and to keep the show going. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can text BF Radio to 41444 or visit us at breastfriends.org to donate. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon or follow us on Instagram at Breast Friends PDX. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time for Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Michelle Beck at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Michelle Beck. Michelle Guest. No, Michelle Beck. This is how my cancer brain works. My guest is Carol Laurie, and we are talking about her Empowered Against Recurrence program. So Carol, one thing I want to I talk about, because I know you've spent so long working in this community, often the word fight is used when we're, we're fighting against our cancer and it's a war that we have to win. And how do you feel about that? So happy to talk about this. Um, I just want to go back a little bit. Uh, and before in the 60s, uh, breast cancer was a secret hidden disease. And there was an enormous amount of shame connected to it. And then Gerald Ford's wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and she came out and told the world, I have breast cancer. And that was the beginning of shifting 
the energy and the thought process of, you know, it's not a shameful disease and you didn't do anything wrong. And then, um, then one of the presidents started, we're going to have a war on cancer. I think that was Ronald Reagan, the war on cancer. And so there is, you know, I'm fighting, I'm going to conquer this. And I think it's breast cancer is a disease of the feminine. And we as women, the more we embody what that means for us individually, the more healing it is. Femininity is not about fighting, conquering, attacking, or being at war, because who are you doing that with? Breast cancer is part of you. And so then you're attacking yourself. Those are very masculine and violent and inflammatory words. So if you're thinking I'm, you know, I'm going to fight this, I'm going to, I'm a warrior, so I'm going to fight this, you're setting yourself up for inflammation. I think we need to find a new way of looking at breast cancer. It, you know, it's a disease, it's a diagnosis, it was part of you. And how can I work with this so that I can accept that it was there or is there and I'm going to move forward and make the best of this situation. I didn't volunteer for this. You know, the universe plopped this in my path. I can't walk around it. I have to go through it. What now, do, I do how do you term that then when you're working with your clients? What, instead of the, your fight or the warrior, what, what kind of language do you use? I talk about choices. I talk about possibilities. I talk about dealing with trauma. I talk about being really honest about your addictions. Uh, addicted to cereal in the morning. I mean, you know, it's like you, you, you're going to continue to make yourself sick versus changing how you eat your diet. It's not, and these decisions have to come from inside a woman. It's not about like, oh, I'm following Carol's program. I don't like it. I don't like what she's telling me to do. I don't like her, but I'm going to do it anyway. Now, well, then that's, that's not going to do you any good because no. you're, you have the negative mentality against it. You need to embrace the changes to allow your body to heal and recover. I, I had a guest on a few weeks ago. She wrote a, a book called The Lovey Method about mindfulness and meditation. And one of the things she talks about that in there was when she was getting chemo, she wasn't like, oh, this chemo is, is awful and it's going to kill my cells and cause all these other problems. She was more thinking the chemo is going into my body and it's going to save me by providing light and love and getting the bad things out of my body. So she reframed how she looked at it. And that's really how we have to get through programs such as yours is reframing all of the different parts of our lives, the nutrition, the supplements, the finding the joy and just the health and um, all of those things. It's, it's so important to change your mentality. Well, I love um, her perspective on chemotherapy. And I bet that if there was a study done between 100 women who did her meditation and mindset, which is what I encourage women to do when they go to chemo, versus people who just sit there and go, oh, toxins going in my body. I'm just going to make me sick. I hate this. What were the side effects that they had? How much nausea, depression, and the blood mm -hmm. work, everything. There would be a huge difference. We have an enormous innate healing uh, aspect to our beings. Is it strong enough by itself to, you know, get rid of cancer? I don't know. But I know that if you stay in a positive lane and talk to yourself with love and beauty versus 
our negative yep. minds, you know, we're taught, we reflect what society thinks of us. We reflect the energy from that television ad. So, the, and we, you know, you go on social media and you look at how great everybody's doing and then you think, what's the matter with me? I'm like horrible. Everybody's on vacation in Europe and I'm sitting at my desk working. That is the pits. So you have to really be, you have to limit yourself. Social media, I think, is one of the banes of existence right now. <laughs> it's doing more damage, especially to young people. But you need to be aware of how you feel about yourself when you've been on Facebook and scrolling through everybody's wonderful life and you're not feeling well. How is that going to make you feel? And then why are you doing that? Couldn't you be reading a beautiful book or knitting or meditating or, you know, just taking a nap? It's one thing I have learned is to actually be much more in the present, not worry about, I can't change the past and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So trying to do things that make me happy right now, right? Every day, what is going to, with my life's responsibilities, how do I get through it the best way and still be happy and have a positive mindset? So just finding joy in the little things, which actually is part of one of your steps is the finding joy in your life. And it's so important. Um, I think I really encourage women to find something that they do that has nothing to do with being responsible to the smooth running of the household or their professional work. And it could be knitting. It could be taking an art class. It could be learning how to do pottery. It could be, you know, developing a garden. And, and then your psyche needs space where you're just sitting there and going from plant to plant or, you know, throwing a pot. It's very centering. To, to learn how to do pottery or knitting. I love to knit, sit there and make beautiful sweaters. I haven't done that in a long time, but what is it that you have always wanted to do? So this is the positive aspect of having a life-changing diagnosis. Mm -hmm. It really puts things into perspective. And the, in homeopathic philosophy, there is this term miasm and certain diseases have energies connected to them. And the energy of breast cancer or the miasm of breast cancer is rush, 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 do, 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 I have to do this, I have to do this. There's a pressured feeling and you're always taking care of other people other than yourself. They come first and you're a little resentful about that. And then when people ask if you need help, you go, no, I'm okay because you're a perfectionist and they're not going to do it exactly the way you want it to do. So you'd rather do it yourself and be exhausted. When I've talked like this, I, I get emails from women all the time saying, OMG, you just described me to a T. 100%. I've learned actually in, I turned 50 last year, and I finally learned to actually set some good boundaries in my mm -hmm. life, setting boundaries and giving myself grace. And I used to be very much in my house. Let's everything is in its place. Everything has to be put away at night. The dishes have to be done. Everything needs to be clean. And I'm at the point where I'm like, eh, it really doesn't matter so much anymore. And I've learned to just let go. And that is one of the biggest blessings that I've taken from aging and having life-threatening disease twice. Like that's really important. The, the little things don't matter going, as much. Right. The dishes will still be there in the morning and you can put them in the dishwasher when you're not feeling exhausted and you really need to go to bed. So well, thankfully, you. I have an 11 year old who takes care of the dishwasher now. So. <laughs> He's I'm, too short to do actually do the dishes properly, but we're going to get there. <laughs> right. Next thing you know, he's going to grow up tall, tall. But I'm a big proponent of everybody helping to make the household run smoothly. Otherwise, oh, yes. 
you as the mom are also the maid and you're giving messages to your children about how it's going to be when they are in their own household. So everybody contributes to the best oh, of their ability. 100%. We all definitely do that in my house. Everybody has their things and it is definitely not just me. Um, one thing I did want to ask about, gosh, we only have a couple more minutes. In terms of the supplements, is there somewhere like online we can go to say what are the best supplements to find or how do we get our wrap our brains around that aspect? Because like I need that for myself. Well, uh, that's, you know, I offer that as in my community, I offer okay. that. Mm -hmm. And um, your community is welcome to join my Facebook group, which is called The Path of Breast Cancer, A Safe Place. And then, uh, you know, anytime I share information, they'll be able to see that. And then there's my Facebook page, The Path of Breast Cancer Integrative Care, I think it's called. But Perfect. I'm in there and like I have this ebook, you know, most mm -hmm. important supplements and I post mm. that there. And when I post it in the ebook, you get, you know, you can copy and paste a link to purchase them. So you're getting the real product. You're not going to mm -hmm. Amazon and saying, oh, this label looks nice. I think I'll order this type of vitamin D. I mean, you know, that's. You know, certain companies which have billions of dollars of advertising, they should put that money into creating a pharmaceutical quality product. And then I would say, yes, you can use this, but a lot of the companies don't. So, and I've spent a lot of my time researching and actually visiting several of the manufacturing. So I know which ones are, you know, you have a serious disease, you need real supplements. Perfect. Now we are only have a few more minutes. What would be if someone who comes to you, they're just diagnosed. What, what is the best advice that you can give them? Well, there's empowered through treatment <laughs> and empowered through treatment is all about helping women prepare for chemotherapy, radiation, and surgery. And the best diagnosis, if you're initially diagnosed is this is not a surgical emergency. 99.9% .9 you do not need to have your biopsy yesterday and you are going to have your life as you had it disrupted. So you need to call in your forces and your family, community, friends to help you go through this because you, there are going to be days where you don't feel well. Definitely. And, um, that's important. And figure out, you know, what's the schedule going to be? You know, if you have an infusion, you can generally say for two or three days afterwards, you're not your best. How are you going to prepare? You don't, you know, you need to psychologically, spiritually, and physically prepare for chemotherapy. You need to prepare for radiation. These are, and if you ask the doctors, should I be changing how I eat? I had one woman say the oncology dietitian said, well, switch over from white bread to whole wheat bread. You don't want to be eating bread. <laughs> I mean, I, I just was very alarmed and disappointed. Um, you want to be having a plant-based whole food diet organic if it's not organic you don't want to be eating it what farm to table wild you know you want to eat meat you can but you don't want to eat it that often chicken you know has to be organic eggs organic you know not a lot of dairy cut dairy out of your diet mm -hmm. so no cow's milk no cow's milk cheese lots of vegetables wild salmon i mean there's a, it's not hard and it's delicious it's just that you can't put a pop tart 
in the or a frozen waffle in your toaster oven anymore. Nobody should be eating like that. It's very expensive to eat that way. It's expensive because you're spending money on boxed goods and it's expensive because you're not giving your body the nutrients she needs. Exactly. And people always say, well, it's so expensive to eat organic and, and healthy, but it, it, it might cost a little bit more, but in the long run, it may save your life. It's not expensive because you're not buying soda. You're not buying frozen food. You're not buying stuff that's in a box, right? It's not, it's not, you're not buying cow's milk. It's not, it's not expensive. It's probably pretty much the same. Yes. When you think about it in the long run, it is definitely 100% the best, best thing to do. Well, Carol, gosh, we are almost out of time. And I thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, remember, please go check out empoweredagainstrecurrence.com. And there is the, as Carol mentioned, the free webinar on there where you can check out the Facebook groups, the private groups, the path of breast cancer, a safe place. Is that correct? Yes. Perfect. And also you can go to carollaurie.com and that's L-O-U-R-I-E.com. And please check that out because obviously she has so much amazing information. So Carol, again, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here with you. Yes. Listeners, if you need our help, please go to breastfriends.org and check out patient programs. You can donate on our website to ensure that no one goes through cancer alone, which is what Breast Friends is all about and the community support. Or you can text BF Radio to 41444. You can find this podcast on all the best platforms and on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We have 350 plus old episodes you can always check out. If you would like to nominate yourself to be my guest or share your warrior story, please email me at michellebeck at breastfriends.org. And don't get too bogged down in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Really, breast cancer, you should all be aware of it every month and doing all of the things, making sure you're doing your feeling yourself, your testing, doing all the things, be proactive, be healthy, check your supplements, your nutrition, find joy in your life because that's what it is all about. So not just in October. So again, thank you for being here. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, we rise by lifting each other. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Network. Please join Michelle back again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We rise by lifting each other.